Let's go to the Lord once more in prayer. Lord, I'm a weak, feeble, fearful man. And so, Lord, we ask for your grace tonight, that you would speak through me, that you would speak through your word and build us up to follow Christ. We ask this in his name. Amen. All right, well, we're going to just jump right in. Um, Tonight's message is from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 to 19. Technically just 19, but we need the whole section to understand 19. If you're using a pew Bible, you can find this on page 167. And while you're turning there, just some brief context. This is Deuteronomy. It's the last book written by Moses, the man and prophet of God, who led his people out of slavery from Egypt. And here in Deuteronomy, he gives some final important laws for Israel to follow before he dies. And this passage is incredibly important in following the Lord. So, starting in verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God or see this great fire any longer so that we will not die. Then the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like me from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. So here in this passage, what we see is a command. It's a command to listen to this prophet that God will bring in the future. And there is a warning of judgment if these people do not listen to this prophet. And as we heard about this morning, the fact that this prophet is coming is a sign that this law in itself is not sufficient. It's not the end game. And so here, it's as if Moses is saying, there's someone greater coming. There's a greater prophet coming, and I'm giving you this law here in Deuteronomy to know how to follow the Lord in the meantime before he comes. It's your safeguard. But when this prophet comes, you must listen to him. And just so that we feel the weight of this command... If you're familiar with the book of Deuteronomy, what you'll see is it's bookended by these powerful exhortations from Moses to listen to the law. Near the beginning, he spends about seven chapters saying, be very careful to do everything that I tell you in this book. Do not add to it. Do not take away from it. Do not turn to the right or to the left. And then he gives the law, including what we see here in chapter 18, And he wraps back around again at the end and says, be very careful to do everything that you see here. If you follow it, you'll be blessed. If you reject it, you'll be cursed and destroyed. And so if we take those exhortations and apply them here to this command about listening to this prophet, what Moses is powerfully saying here is this. God is bringing a prophet, and when he comes, you must listen to him. Do not add to what this prophet says. Do not take away from what this prophet says. Do not deviate from him in any capacity. If you receive him and follow him, you'll be blessed. But if you reject him, know for certain you will be destroyed. And so with that powerful command, we have our main point tonight. 
listen to God's chosen prophet or face his judgment. Listen to God's chosen prophet or face his judgment. And the first question that we want to answer here is, who is this prophet? Right? If we don't know who he is, we can't follow him and receive the blessings or avoid the curses. And verse 15 here is very helpful in figuring out who this prophet is. The Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. And so this prophet's going to be like Moses. And that's actually a huge help because there's no one else that we see in Scripture who's quite like Moses but Jesus Christ himself. And there are a number of parallels that you can draw, but two big ones are Moses as lawgiver. He goes up on a mountain, gets the law of God, brings it to the people, teaches it to them. And in Matthew, we see Jesus go up on a mountain and teach the law of God, actually bringing greater clarity to the law that Moses gave in the Old Testament. And we see also just a unique dealing with Jesus, like with Moses. And so... Remember in the Old Testament, Moses on the mountain, God comes down in the cloud and meets with him. And so in Luke 9, when Jesus ascends the mountain during the time of transfiguration, at that same place, God comes down in a cloud. And what does he say? This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. The exact same command we see here in verse 15 in Deuteronomy Listen to him. Jesus is this prophet. Jesus is the one to whom the authority is being transferred when Moses gave that exhortation in chapter 18 here. And so if we piece that together, we can say that what's really being said is, when Christ comes, listen to him. Do not add to what Jesus says. Do not take away from what Jesus says. Do not deviate from Jesus in any capacity. If you receive him, you will be blessed, surely. But if you reject him, you will be cursed. And this is why, as we heard earlier today from John 5, Jesus says to the Jews, you don't believe Moses. You've rejected me, and therefore you've rejected Moses. And we can point at the Jews, and uh, they got it wrong, they weren't listening. But this warning here of judgment to those who don't listen also applies to us. And so the second question that we need to answer, now that we know who he is, is are you listening to him? Are you listening to this prophet? Christian especially, are you carefully and intentionally listening to the words of Jesus Christ? You want to ask yourself this question honestly. Because sometimes I feel like when we hear these questions or read these kinds of verses, the Spirit will come to bring conviction and we can, uh, conviction, it's awkward, I don't want it. I'm a Christian. I go to church, I go to morning service, evening service, I I pray sometimes, I'm good. But we don't want to jump to conclusions, we want to be honest. Because in the Gospels, Jesus warns repeatedly about people who claim to be Christians, but when they got to the judgment seat, it was shown they did not know God. They were cast into hell as evildoers. And why were they tossed there? Was it because they, there was some secret code to decode in here and they couldn't figure it out? No, it's because the very things that Jesus taught, they rejected. And just like God warns here in verse 19, they were taken into account and they were punished. 
See, salvation is by faith alone, but that saving faith is shown by obedience to this Christ, this chosen prophet. And so again, are you listening to him? A helpful way to figure out if you're listening to him is to ask another question. Do you know what he said? You can't follow him if you don't know what he's said. So what has he said? Well, we have the scriptures. We see, we heard earlier again today, Jesus says the Old Testament, it testifies about him. We see all of his teachings throughout the Gospels. At the end of the Gospel of John, we see him send out the apostles with authority to speak his words in his name, much like the Father sent the Son to speak his words in his name. And so what that basically gives us is all of the Bible to know who Jesus is and to know what he expects from us. Which means that we can't say that we know what Jesus said if we haven't read the entire Bible. And we can't say that we're actively remembering all that Jesus has taught if we aren't continually reading through the entire scriptures. And we can't say that we're really willing to follow Jesus Christ if we are unwilling to continually go through the scriptures. So with that, we want to be a people who are regularly spending time in the word of God. Making sure that every day there is a non-negotiable, serious block of time where we meet with the Lord in his word. Don't let anything get in the way of that. Idols of time, work, entertainment. And just a slight encouragement for some of us who like to like hide in certain parts of the Bible. I think things like the Psalms, they're great. The New Testament, it's great. Keep reading those. But if you're a child of God, the Lord has given you this entire book to know him and to follow him and to love him. And so read the whole book. And you can read it alongside your favorite books if that's a helper to you. So that's, okay, do we know what he said? That's a helpful question. Here's another helpful question. Is there any part of your life that is not submitted to Jesus Christ? And again, we want to answer that question honestly. Sometimes I can be tempted to think, well, I'm following God faithfully in all of these areas over here. So if I neglect this one area over there, it's not so bad. But what Jesus says in Luke 6, 46 is that we cannot call him Lord if we are unwilling to do what he says in even a single area of our lives. And in fact, if you recall the rich young ruler in Mark 10, there was one area where he was unwilling to sacrifice something to Christ. It was just greed. But because of that, that led him to reject Christ. And now he's experiencing the wrath of God because of it. So again, is there any area that you're laying hold on? And for clarity, I'm not talking about perfect obedience. I'm asking, is your heart truly submitted to Christ? Here are some areas that I've been thinking about. Evangelism. Are you being faithful to the Lord's call? Matthew 28, 19, and 20, to faithfully share the gospel with others? Or are you making excuses for why you're continuing to delay and disobey God's command? 
Are you loving your brother and sister in Christ? Like Jesus says in John 13, 34. When you look at all the commands the scripture says about what it means to love your brother, which again, have you, have you seen them all? Can you say that you're submitted to Christ in all of those areas? One particular area that can be difficult is church unity. So in Ephesians 4, we're told to seek to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, to make every effort for this. But if we're being honest, sometimes we just try to keep a fake peace. You know, someone can offend us or harm us in some way or multiple ways. And instead of going to that person and addressing them like Jesus tells us to in Matthew, we just pull away. We aren't hostile, but we aren't really willing to forgive. Our love has grown cold. It's no longer a Christ-like love. And we start to say things like, oh, well, you know, it's just the friendship just isn't going to work out. It's unfortunate or I'm just disappointed in how things turned out. But the reality is we, we need to be honest and address that problem. And so if you have any of those conflicts where you know something happened and you've not addressed it, you should address it. Whether it's by confronting that person and having an honest, humble, loving conversation with them. Or it's by repenting of sin. Perhaps it's something that it wasn't really a sin against you, but you're seeing things wrongly. Well, those are the areas that I thought about, but whether you fall into either of those categories or not, what I encourage all of you to do is spend time, choose a day within the next two weeks to pray and fast and ask the Lord, is there anything in my life that is not submitted to Christ? And commit that to him. And then find someone in the church to meet with regularly to encourage you and hold you accountable. I feel like sometimes, like, meeting with people regularly, some people, ah, is it really necessary? It's powerful, all right? Because when you're meeting with people regularly, they can see sin that pops out of your life that people won't see if you're not meeting with folks regularly. And I can tell you right now, meeting with Matt Villardo on a regular basis, he's caught much of my sin to the benefit of me and the rest of you in the church. Well, we should conclude... I want to be clear here with these exhortations. I'm not saying again, like, oh, you know, perfect obedience. Just go out there and try to earn God's approval. You aren't going to live perfectly, and you're not going to earn God's approval by your works. But going back to the idea of listening to the servant, there is a wonderful message that the servant taught, the gospel, that if you will bring your sins to him, And repent of them and turn from them, not hiding them or making excuses for them. He will forgive them. And not only forgive them, but give you the grace and strength that you need to overcome them. So brethren, let's come to Jesus. Let's listen to Jesus. Let's follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we need your help to obey your son and to overcome sin. And so we ask that you would stir in our hearts a love for you, a love for Jesus and eagerness to honor him. And that you would show us where sin is hiding and help us to be honest, to repent and put it to death for your glory. We ask this in Christ's name, amen.